0: Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 124th-ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, It's nice that they let you out of the uh, (laughs) penitentiary area. (laughs)
1: Well, it's actually... My hunting attire. <laughs> oh, okay. And I'm hunting for a defensive coordinator. Oh, oh wow. Dang. Yeah. Okay. I was prepared for you to make fun of me.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. I could tell that was
1: prepared. Yeah, for, for audio only, uh, I'm wearing a very bright orange... Uh, Neon, you might say. ...hoodie. Um, I bought it from Walmart for about $5. Was to, that part of a Halloween costume? Uh, yes. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, one that happened at your house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, I thought, yeah, there were like some black lights involved, yes. so um, I thought I would wear this, and um, I'm we might as well just make it a regular part of my wardrobe. Might huh? as well,
0: yeah. Uh, people might think you escaped from somewhere, though.
1: That's fine. As long as they don't think I'm a Tennessee fan, I'm I'm cool with it. Oh, oh, oh.
0: Uh, we should do a black light episode of the podcast. Ooh, sometime. that would be that'd really be fun great to watch. on video. Yeah, <laughs> right, <well>. <laughs> <laughs> with enough accessories, it would be like the the rave episode.
2: Ooh. We could just use those masks. Yeah, we we've you got had. some black light masks. One
1: thousandth episode. Okay. Keep that in mind. Plan, we'll plan for
2: <laughs> it. Remind <laughs> me in five years. Five okay. More. Uh yeah, five years would not even be close. Yeah, you're right, more like ten. Um
0: Kyle, there were supposed to be basketball games this past week and they, there weren't basketball games.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh they got they got a. Uh, COVID
0: postponed COVID canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we get to make those up. Yeah. Can- uh, culture. They were supposed to play LSU and Vanderbilt. Kyle was two really, easy wins. Yeah. Kyle was really confident about those two games. Uh, me a little bit less. So in the first one, um, hopefully we get to make those up later. Uh, they do get to hopefully fingers crossed. We're back in business playing Texas A&M on Saturday. Um, before we get to a little preview of that game, got a few news items to talk about a few little uh little fun little topics to discuss um one news item football related uh, mr tyson ford st louis area uh recruit at defensive end for t- the class of 2022 is announcing his college decision on monday and he's he previously posted his top four of mizzou georgia oklahoma and notre dame you think he's picking missouri
1: uh probably not but um you never know. Uh, I think that he will pick Oklahoma. and But just keep in mind, he's uh, a t- 2022 recruit. Long way to go on that one. And uh, Lincoln Riley, who knows where he's going to be a year from now. Hopefully I think, in the NFL. I think he very well could make the jump to the NFL, which means their defensive coordinator would not be there most likely either. Um, get them all so out of there. Get them out of there. Just clean them all out. And uh, Missouri also does not have a defensive coordinator. Um, I'm hunting for one currently, but I haven't <laughs> found anybody. Um, but, I mean, I, I do actually think that that's potentially a detriment to Missouri's chances considering he's going to make an announcement without knowing who a defensive coordinator is going to be. But stranger things have happened.
0: Yeah, actually, thinking through everything you just said, I hope he picks Oklahoma, and then I hope all the coaches leave oh, and wow. he has to rethink his decision. You
1: just love the kids getting screwed over, don't you? <laughs>
0: Well, okay, now that I think about it from that perspective, I only want what's best for the young man. And and that probably is playing for Mizzou, right? Exactly. There you go. <laughs> All right, so Kyle's got him going to Oklahoma. That makes, that makes sense to me. Um, okay, speaking of defensive coordinator, we still don't know who's coming in, and uh, we've had a little bit more time to think about this than we did the head coaching search last year. So... We've got a second week now of uh, coaching search. And I really wanted to ask you, Kyle, I was thinking through some of the, you know, the defensive coordinators that we've had recently, obviously Ryan Walters, Barry Odom before him, uh, and Dave Steckel for a really long time. And those different defensive coordinators and the different position coaches on the defensive side have had slightly different philosophies from time to time. And I'm just wondering what sort of defensive philosophy or style do you think is most fun to watch for a Missouri football team and maybe also which one it may not be the same thing would you think would be most successful at Missouri with the roster as it's constructed right now
1: well I'm probably a little biased because you know my my first instinct is to think about the uh, let's meet the quarterback kind of days um where Missouri's Missouri's main focus on defense was to sack the quarterback, to put pressure on the quarterback, um, that was really fun to watch. Tackle um, the
0: ball carrier on the way to the quarterback. Correct,
1: and uh, I'm not sure that works everywhere and all the time. But Missouri uh, had the horses, if you will, at the time to be able to do that successfully back in 2013-14 era. Um, obviously, you you know all the guys that were there at that point. And so they were, they were able to do that really well. And that was really fun um, to watch. And they were incredibly good at that time. So I, I think I would love to see them get back to that. I'm not sure they have the personnel to do it as well as they used to be able to do it. Um, give me Jeff Coat with another year in the off season. Give me a 16th year Chris Turner. Oh. Like maybe, uh, maybe we can pressure the quarterback. I think we, we were able to do it fairly well at times this year but i guess i would just like to see a little bit of continuity um on the on the defensive line since we have a lot of guys coming back it seems weird to say that we might try and make this a strength (laughs) is the defensive line because in the last few years it has not been it used to be it used to be Uh,
0: d-line zoo was a thing but then it kind of fell out of favor when the defensive line was just nowhere to be found for a few seasons they had interior guys but that's not as flashy, and uh, yeah, you know, doesn't make the highlights quite as much when interior guys are just stopping the run really well, right? Uh, like Terry Beckner and um, you know other guys like that, uh, Jordan Elliott. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I totally agree with you. It's getting an edge rush that gets to the quarterback, um, seeing Jeff Coat this past season, maybe you know piqued my interest in getting back towards that style of defense. Um, one thing that I'm afraid that we might lose is that advantage in the secondary. Uh, that's, I think, really Coach was was and still is Coach Walter's strength. I was coaching up the secondary, and obviously the safeties were a bright spot on Missouri's defense the last couple seasons. And, man, it just seems like, especially in the college game, you just can't get it all most of the time. Um, there's going to be a weak spot somewhere just depending on what position group is a little younger or doesn't quite have as much depth and it seems like when Missouri has been successful they've kind of had this bend but don't break style where they're just not giving up big plays I think when Mizzou's defense was was legitimately legitimately bad they were just getting gashed for big plays over and over again and that's not to say that I mean Everybody will remember the Auburn SEC championship game where we just got ran all over, and that was the the worst, the worst
1: possible possible matchup. Yeah,
0: for that bend-but-don't-break style where right. they were just, you know, gashing us for 10, 12, 15-yard rushes constantly. So it may not be the most flashy or popular with the fans, but that's maybe kind of what I'm looking for is – and a lot of what Missouri has been successful with the last few seasons is – excellent red zone defense good uh last year missouri was excellent on third downs which is something that they've struggled with in previous seasons so maybe a little bit of continuity would help with that
1: yeah if you project out the defense and what we think they'll will be a strength personnel wise for them a year or two down the road i i think that you can say defensive line has a chance to be that and i think that cornerback has a chance to be that and so and just the way that the game's going i think just everybody wants to pass every that that's the that's the focus for most teams right now and probably will be in the next few years i think you put pressure on the quarterback and you hope your cornerbacks can cover and uh just see what happens you know yeah. I, I think those are those will be our two strengths hopefully that whoever's coming in can can use those those two positions to their advantage
0: yeah it's kind of interesting that uh easily a strength from missouri the last couple seasons has been linebacker uh, obviously from nick bolton and kale garrett and there's not really that guy that looks ready to step up and fill their shoes, uh, even, you know, 75% of their shoes. Right. Um, so maybe, maybe there won't be a star at linebacker, but if you can have a few guys that are solid, then uh, you won't have to worry too much. Uh, Kyle, I saw you posed a question on Twitter about Mizzou football wide receivers uh, from the recent years. And what did that just stem from a, a piece of artwork that the Mizzou football account tweeted out?
1: Yeah, it was actually LaDamian Washington, I believe. Yeah. And uh, they actually just offered a wide receiver prospect from LaDamian Washington's high school, I believe, that he went to. His first name is DeColdist. Did you see that? No, I did His name is literally the coldest got the greatest name yeah. in the world i can't even remember his last name because it doesn't matter nope. but i have to wonder if that was a little bit of a like hey look at uh our success with wide receivers and uh so th- damien washington put that out there and uh yeah i just was like well there's a lot of a lot of talent on here and i think mm. it and but honestly we got a lot of the same two people uh when jeremy macklin and denario alexander but yeah you I, said
0: uh, if you could have three of these guys who are you choosing and just to run down the list real quick for people that didn't see the tweet we've got jonathan johnson justin gage tj moe marcus lucas ladamian washington emmanuel hall will franklin bud sasser jamon moore jeremy macklin and denario alexander and
1: obviously th- those two guys there at the end uh, jeremy macklin denario alexander it's, it's pretty hard to pass up on either one of those guys um but I think the having to pick three created a little bit of creativity for other people. And there was a lot of other, uh, a lot of other names for that, for that third wide receiver.
0: Denario Alexander had one of the best seasons of any wide receiver in college football history. Yeah. (laughs) And Jeremy Macklin is one of the best athletes to ever put on a Mizzou uniform. Oh, for sure. So Those are pretty easy for one, two. And then there's probably, I mean, obviously any of these guys would be fine in the third spot if you're kind of rounding out, Uh, a a trio if you're looking at i was kind of thinking of it like on field success like Mm if i i could plug these guys into the starting lineup next season who would i want Mm -hmm. and i honestly think that jamon moore would be an excellent uh third guy to
1: complement these other two i agree with you and uh that means virtually nobody said jamon yeah
0: that's uh, that's probably not a popular pick we
1: probably got almost 50 responses and i'm not sure a single person said jamon moore
0: and I think part of that is maybe, you know, he was the number one guy uh, his last two seasons at Missouri, and he had the physical abilities to do it. He just would not – he was un-clutch in moments where they really needed him to come up with a big play. Um, but he had a couple clutch moments as well. It was just anytime you have a big drop in a big spot, people are going to remember that and uh that kind of plagued him and jonathan johnson both for their uh, off and on for their whole careers but mm-hmm. if he if you're looking at him as like a third option or like a 2a two, two to or a 1c i guess you could say in an offense um i think he would be perfect in that role
1: yeah he was very well-rounded and uh was yeah i you know i also thought about emmanuel hall if he's healthy. Uh, He's pretty much unstoppable, especially with Drew Locke, a guy who likes to throw deep every pass he possibly can. That was a really fun combo to watch.
0: I was also thinking about these receivers that were on the field at the same time in their actual Mizzou careers. So, like, you know, there was a time where LeDamien Washington, Marcus Lucas, and Bud Sasser were all on the field at the same time. And another guy that's not on this uh, beautiful graphic is Doriel Green Beckham. And he was also a part of that receiving core. Yeah. And I think he deserves to be on this graphic. I had
1: more people say DJB, DGB than Jamon Moore. Yeah. I'm pretty sure.
0: Um, and he's obviously, not here on the thing. Uh, he didn't end his career at Missouri. Even though he never played a game for Oklahoma, he, was tec- he technically transferred to Oklahoma before yeah. uh, going to the draft. So uh, maybe that's why he was left off this list. But yeah. um, I
1: would say the third most common answer was probably Justin Gage that we got on that.
0: A little bit before our time, but I remember him um, being noteworthy just for playing football and basketball mm-hmm. at Mizzou. Um, I, think, I thought I had something else to say, but I don't know. I'm still stuck on DGB. It just That's <laughs> that's one of the biggest what-ifs
1: in Mizzou history. I can still remember where I was when he committed to Missouri. Oh, yeah, me too. In chemistry class. Yeah. <laughs> I th- in high so school. that would have been your
0: senior year of high school. Yeah. Okay. So I was a freshman at Missouri state and I was driving to class and was listening to it on the radio. I think like on ESPN radio, mm-hmm. they were broadcasting it.
1: Yeah. I think I've probably told that story before, but i actually what's not only the same age as DJ DGB, but we were both went to Springfield high school. So we played against each other in football and stuff growing up or whatever. So uh, it was the most painful tackle I ever had to make in middle school because uh, he was playing wide receiver at the time and had like an end around, and I was playing defensive end, and he hit me first and took about ten. It took half the team to get him down, like on yeah. every play. It's
2: the Most painful tackle I never made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
0: I, if I'm going to choose, I'm probably going to uh, choose Jamon Moore for that third spot.
1: I'll go with Emmanuel Hall, but I
2: like I like the pick. I'll go with Bud Sasser. Oh yeah, Ooh, I'd pick oh him for my yeah. team
0: yeah would you pick them for your church league basketball team
2: um probably have we told that story on the air yet <laughs> who <laughs> yeah,
0: knows probably i don't know <laughs> we'll, we'll circle her back around to that eventually all right kyle let's uh or oh, do you
1: want to talk about the that national championship that happened yeah let's talk about it uh alabama won for the 14th time in the last 15 years
0: <laughs> i don't think it's quite that
1: much no i, I really do think uh they, I mean, they've got to be one of the best offenses, like, ever, maybe. <laughs> and coming back to back off of last season's uh,
0: LSU team, yeah, like, that's a huge debate oh, right yeah. now. It's like, oh, uh, last year's LSU, this year's Alabama. I mean, that would been an incredible game to watch. It really would be. But I, another thing, okay, something I was going to say about that Mizzou graphic with all the wide receivers and the ones that all played on the same team is I was seeing some photos of recent Alabama teams and, like, the position groups – on those teams so like there was one photo that showed um first of all i didn't know that alvin camara went originally committed to alabama and then transferred to tennessee so there was a photo that showed uh tj yeldon Kenyon drake alvin camara and derrick henry mm-hmm. they were all in an alabama uniform at the same time at a practice that's insane. That's wild. And then there was another one of wide receivers that was um, obviously Devonta Smith, uh, Jalen Waddle, uh, the two uh, Jerry yeah. Judy, and, and Henry Ruggs.
1: Yes. Nice job. That's yeah. It's ridiculous. That's
0: four first round wide receivers.
1: Uh, should why was Jalen Waddle playing in this game? That was weird. I mean. He's he will be respected for that, yeah. and that's fine. I mean, I, my in this generation of college football, I guess I I don't want to criticize a guy for mm-hmm. wanting to pu- you know put on for his team whenever he's and probably. I guess not 100%. he knows his
0: body, and he's communicating with the trainers and stuff. Sure, I don't. I mean, Nick Saban. They didn't need him. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, Nick Saban is a hard nosed coach, but I mean, if his trainers and the the player were telling him, you know, he's not good to go. I mean, he yeah. wasn't good to go in the SEC championship. Or the semifinal game. So, um, yeah. that, but that was weird seeing him out there and like how he would decelerate, slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, at, like on that one catch that he had on the big third down early in the game, uh, it was just like, okay, this guy should probably not be playing if he's coming up with yeah. a limp. Afterwards. Yeah, he was like
1: limping off the field all the time yeah. and stuff. Uh, honestly, like, this is crazy that this might be a hot take just because of how good Devonta Smith was, but. I thought Jalen Waddle was even better than De- than Devonta Smith early yeah. in the season. Like they're both Heisman Trophy winners. They're bo- yeah exactly. They're both easily of course NFL caliber wide receivers. I think they'll both make an impact on whatever team they're on next year. They're both supremely talented. But I just didn't think that Jalen Waddle needed to play in this game. But good for him for for I mean getting out there.
0: There was lots of players for Alabama that didn't need to play in this game. <laughs>
1: honestly, yeah. Yeah, they kind of steamrolled Ohio State. Would they have done that to Clemson? Probably. I was surprised about Ohio State easily beating Clemson. That was shocking to me. I mean, obviously we know how good Ohio State is. They're great. But I just did not see Clemson getting steamrolled like that. Yeah. Um,
0: Smith, though, in this national championship, in the first half, did he even play a snap in the second half? I'm not sure. Well, in the first half alone, he had 12 catches, 215 yards, and three touchdowns.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah,
0: I I mean, there was lots of comments on Twitter talking about how Alabama was playing on um, freshman difficulty, like (laughs) and had adjusted the
1: sliders or something. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's what that's what it felt like. And Justin Fields is probably going to be a top three or four pick in the draft too. Yeah. Depending on what order we have, but yeah, uh, just a lot a lot of talent playing in that game. But Alabama is just truly something else. Yeah, you,
0: you can see how mizzou's just you know just a couple pieces a couple years away from competing <laughs> at top level pieces, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well mizzou put up a decent fight against alabama in the standards of of this season you know they uh they held them to what 38 points i am sure alabama kind of slowed slowed down took the, was that the first game of the season it was it feels
0: like three years ago yeah
1: i just remember um mizzou's defense was was ready to go in that game it, it came out uh, they were really they were hitting hard. Mm-hmm. I remember Tyreek Gillespie especially. I kind of made a name for himself a little bit in that first game.
0: So I'm ready to admit, a uh, freezing cold take here in this episode. Okay. <laughs> I said in the Alabama preview that I thought that Bryce Young was going to take over the starting job from Mac Jones, and you know that that Alabama would be better for it, and that they would sail off into the sunset with um, their new freshman quarterback. But
1: boy was I wrong that's almost one of those situations where how do you even uh, from a scouting perspective how do you even scout Mac Jones because his wide receivers are so good like
0: from NFL scout perspective, yeah, yeah.
1: like how do you even know do you, do you even know how good this guy is I mean uh, what, w- what would Connor like look like and, and just yeah. literally switch out Mac Jones for Connor like what, what does it look like
0: I mean yeah put anybody back there you,
1: just, you, just, you don't know you yeah. have no idea how good he truly is with that team around him
0: I, I'd like to think that i mean yeah like uh taylor powell stick him back there i mean could they run the table with taylor powell
1: (laughs) probably (laughs) Probably. Uh,
0: i mean Najee harris is yeah the best offensive line in yeah
1: college football yeah that would actually be an incredible experiment (laughs) that would be (laughs) i mean that will never happen
0: yeah mac jones won whatever award is best quarterback uh smith won the heisman and blitnikoff Harris won best running back,
1: and they played most of the year without Waddle, who I thought was just as good as any of those guys. And they guys. went
0: undefeated in a SEC-only schedule. Yeah,
1: <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, was yeah. right there though? They're Close. just one piece away. Uh, I do want to uh, express how badly I wished we had an eight-team playoff, and uh, because I just think that would be so fun. And it, if we did have eight teams in the playoff, it would have obviously been. Uh, Alabama Clemson Ohio State and Notre Dame would have been the top four but then we would have added Texas A&M Oklahoma Florida and Cincinnati assuming that I guess that's what the final yeah. final rankings were and I guess like why I think it would be so fun is just the opportunity and of some of those teams getting a chance to play in a do-or-die situation and is Cincinnati gonna beat Alabama in the one versus eight like game no of course not But it's still a a, but if you compare it to March Madness, we know like seventy percent or more of the teams in March Madness have zero percent chance of winning that tournament. And I think it's just fun to get good teams that just that wanna play and and want the opportunity to, to play against a bigger school. Just get them all in that tournament and see what happens and you just never know. There's there's things you could never predict in a million years that happen in that tournament. And honestly, I just like the beginning rounds. I think that's what's the most fun part of March Madness. I love just those first couple of rounds whenever there's all kinds of teams and personalities and storylines. Yeah. And honestly, the longer the tournament goes on, the less I care. Right. Unless Mizzou's in it or yeah. something. I don't really care who won the championship. Yeah. And I couldn't even tell you who won March Madness probably three seasons ago.
0: Those first two weekends or those that –
1: what, how does it usually work? Like the first four days. It's yeah. like a
2: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes.
1: Yeah. That's like the best four days ever. Yeah. With all those te- all those games, all those teams playing, I, and I see you looking over at them. And <laughs> best time of the year. Oh yeah. You guys just <laughs> eat that up. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Anyways, That's best four days of the year. Anyways.
2: Besides, besides football season. Yeah. So Christmas. I, go ahead. And when Christmas football and basketball I overlap. The heck? Heck?
1: Anyways, okay, so I just want to see more teams in this thing give more teams an opportunity to play more more teams on the big stage Georgia literally is not even in this thing so there's still a lot of really good teams that still aren't even making the cut in the top eight um I I don't care who wins the championship Alabama's gonna win it no matter what no matter how many teams are in this thing no matter if there's four teams or 48 Alabama's gonna win might as well get some other fun games in there and just see what happens
0: yeah I guess my question to you with that would be isn't that basically what we get with bowl season in general you just the
1: team just doesn't have the opportunity to keep on playing i i would argue no because in bowl games that's that's it no matter what and i think that and this is kind of a kind of a popular meme on online i feel like at this point is like But I really do think the the motivation like of the team is is a legitimate thing. It's it's a legitimate thing in play with those bowl games, especially those teams that didn't make the playoff. Like, why are we here? You know, like this this game means nothing. If we win or lose, we're we're either fifth place or sixth place. It's a consolation game. I don't care. But if they're in the playoff and they win their matchup, they're moving on, and you have no idea what can happen. And I just think Cincinnati deserves to be rewarded for uh, a, a season that they did not lose a game. Yeah. And there's been there's somebody every year that goes undefeated, and they deserve to have a shot at something that means something.
0: Yeah, it, I, I like that point a lot. It's a shame that a, a program can have the best season in their program's history and one that they're not likely to ever replicate. And the best they get is... Uh, bowl matchup with an SEC team.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just this like it that kind of brings out that kind of slimy corporate side of the sport that we that nobody likes. It's just like well, Ohio State only played six games, but yet we still put them in, and obviously they were justified. They should have been there, but it's just they they got in on brand name, and if anybody else did that, they would have never been considered. And I just think that Cincinnati played like five more games than Ohio State did and won all of them. And I think they deserve a chance to uh, to play in a meaningful game.
0: I wonder who is holding back the college football playoff from expanding to eight teams because it seems like that would be no ESPN's best interest to yeah you know,
1: more TV money. Yeah, I have no idea, and it seems like there's no discussion about it whatsoever. Yeah,
0: I mean, other than just like just like this, like people mm-hmm. wishing, but yeah, it doesn't seem like there's uh, any traction at the the higher level for it.
1: Doesn't seem like it.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, going into this, I would have thought, well, it doesn't matter. Alabama's going to win anyway. But I like the idea of, I, I mean, if you are thinking about a team like Missouri, I guess if they go undefeated, they're going to be in because they're coming from the SEC, so they wouldn't have to worry about it. Um, but yeah, it, does, it would be nice to have a little bit more guarantee that if Missouri has one of the best seasons they've ever had, that they could at least have a shot yeah I mean they're,
1: they're most likely gonna have to beat Alabama to get into a 14 playoff in the sec championship game and unless there's just really crazy circumstances with the rest of the teams yeah but in a in an 18 playoff I yeah Missouri has way a better shot to make that in the in the future
0: and obviously I'm a SEC homer but there's I think there's plenty of times where the loser of the SEC championship game is still worthy of a spot in the playoff mm-hmm. and
1: now, that actually happened I, few years ago yeah. and they ended up Alabama jo- and Georgia and both they played in the, champ- in the championship and game in the
0: BCS days uh, LSU and Alabama played in the SEC championship game and then like two weeks later played in the national championship
1: mm-hmm.
0: so there's hope for Missouri there's hope they're just a few pieces away they'll get there <laughs> is that is that all we have before we talk about basketball yes sir
2: I got a little surprise for you boys oh, oh, today. Let's go. um A few weeks ago, we ended a thing we like to call SEC Pick'em Plus Nebraska. Um, We never really do anything for it, but this time I thought we might.
0: Oh, of course, when Kyle
2: wins. Don't worry, don't worry. (laughs) Um, Took longer to get it than I thought, but... Drumroll.
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Let me introduce to you
2: the trophy for the Missouri Sports Podcast... SEC Pick'em plus Nebraska champion. Wow. Um, that is amazing. You'll see here we have plenty of room to add over the years. That's fantastic. Um we also have the previous two winners. Okay. Congratulations. Back okay. to back. Yes. Um and each one has a little extra thing on the name. Oh my goodness. Um, heavy duty. Oh yeah, that's that's that good is stuff right there. You could chuck that thing a mile.
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: that's amazing got a logo on there and everything Oh,
1: that's absolutely beautiful so
2: i also thought we needed a little something something extra to spice up the room a little traveling trophy that stays here (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) that's that's amazing that'll sit on the desk oh yeah (laughs) look
2: real nice front and center
1: kyle armageddon (laughs) that's absolutely fantastic
2: love it anyway wow great job great job there you boys go also i want it next year oh okay get my name on that bad boy yeah
0: you, oh, probably yeah. want, you probably want reimbursed for two-thirds of the cost of that, too, huh?
2: Yeah, uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tax write-off. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, now we're going to talk about some basketball. Um, Missouri didn't get, too, get two automatic wins, according to Kyle, uh, this past week, but they got a really good opportunity against Texas A&M. Now, before we get real deep into that Texas A&M preview... I want to just take a look at the SEC landscape. We actually left off the previous episode doing this, and then a bunch of teams played two games and Missouri didn't. So I want to see if we learned anything um, while Missouri was sitting on the sidelines or sitting at home. Um, and one thing that I think we learned is Alabama is super legit. At basketball. <laughs> yeah. We're, this is an Alabama episode. Right? Yeah, yes. Alabama. All fans all now. Alabama. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if we knew this day was going to come. <laughs> eventually everybody becomes an alabama fan <laughs> so they are five and oh in sec play um kentucky was getting a little hot
2: yeah they won SEC their play. first few games
0: and then alabama said nope you're not as good as us they put the hammer down yeah they did uh just beat them by 20 yeah last night
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they alabama is all the way up to number 20 in kim pom 19th on offense 28th on defense that's like for both of those ratings to be top 30 that's yeah legit you're a really really good team
1: i think uh nate oates is a really legit coach Mm -hmm. too he is doing some great things there
0: uh a couple things about alabama they shoot a lot of three-pointers and they make a lot of three-pointers um they make 33 percent, which is actually around average but they've been a little bit hotter than that in uh conference play Um, And they are 30th in the country as far as number of three-pointers attempted compared to overall field goals attempted. And uh, they've got a kid named Herbert Jones. You may have heard of him. He's a senior, he has been there a while, who's shooting 53% from three. And they've got a smattering of other guys that are shooting uh, high 30%. So they are not afraid to pull the trigger, and their offense has really been cooking lately.
1: I don't really know what Alabama did in the non-conference, to be honest, but they just, yeah, they just kind of blew up in the last few weeks. They were fine. Their only losses
0: were all to top 100 teams, so no real glaring bad losses. Um, but yeah, they absolutely look legit. Um, okay, another thing we need to talk about is South Carolina. They've had COVID issues and have oh, had man. trouble uh, with getting games played. They've only played five games. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, they've played two SEC games. I'm oh, sorry, only one SEC game against Texas A&M. So uh, when you look at the standings, it's super goofy because Alabama's <laughs> 5-0 and in conference play, and South Carolina is 1-0. and In second place. Yeah, Alabama's played 13 games, and South Carolina has played five. And now with uh, Missouri missing two games, uh, Vanderbilt, the game that they were supposed to play in place of Missouri, that got postponed as well, I believe. So we're kind of, I don't know, me personally, I'm getting a little nervous yeah. about how this season is going. And the SEC has been excellent. They got almost every football game in. Yeah. All the games they needed to get in, they did. Uh, there was a couple late that just didn't really matter that much so they just said, forget about it. Mm-hmm. But
1: I do think that, we, that they need to try and – get all of these games in somehow and the, that's the beautiful beautiful thing about basketball is you can play multiple games in, ba- in like back-to-back days if you have to you don't have to wait till next saturday to to get it one game in and then you know like football is so i definitely think that i'm less worried about basketball season as far as like making up these games but we we really have to make sure the covet issues don't keep popping up
0: yeah i think right now the plan is, and I don't I don't think I've heard anything official, but I think what is assumed is they'll just tack these games on to the end of the season because there's a gap between the mm-hmm. end of the season and the SEC tournament. But if very many more games get postponed, then they are going to have to start squeezing them in there somewhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I- I'm not too worried about it at this point, um, but we'll see what we're, what we're saying a month from now. So then taking a peek at the bottom of the standings, we
0: have Auburn, which is kind of surprising, at 0-4 in conference play. And uh, so their opponents that they played are Arkansas, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and Alabama. So that's a a legitimately – I don't know if you can call it a bad loss when it's on the road to, you know, a team just outside the top 100 in Texas A&M, but uh, it's not one that's going to help your your cause at all. So they're 0-4, and Vanderbilt is
1: 0-3, and Georgia is 0-3. Yeah, I thought Georgia was going to be a little bit better, and obviously we're super early into the season, but I'm a little bit surprised that they are winless still in the SEC slate.
0: So then looking back at Missouri, um, obviously other teams now have played a few more games than them, um, but Missouri still sits at 13th in the conference in offensive efficiency, and they sit at 6th in defensive efficiency. Honestly, that's right where they have been the last few seasons. So they're definitely going to have to pick up the pace on offense in order to uh, win the number of SEC, win the number of conference games that we hope they'll win and uh, kind of solidify their case for uh, protected seed in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. But they can start that off right away with this matchup against Texas A&M. Um, it is on the road in College Station. But if you look at Texas A&M, they've got some players that you've heard of, like uh, Savion Flagg, JJ Chandler. And so they've got some guys that have been around the block, played in a lot of SEC games. They are the only team worse than Missouri in conference play on offense, so that's good. Uh, Hopefully Missouri can kind of put the clamps on them and hold them to a really low output scoring. They're also really slow-paced, so I think we could be in for an ugly game. Uh, we thought that the Mississippi State game was going to be ugly, and it eventually got there, but it started out beautiful. I don't want to dwell too much on that, but right. I think uh, this is more of a guarantee to be the slugfest uh, on offense that we expected the Mississippi State game to be.
1: Yeah, I, I think Missouri's going to try and push the push the tempo. I, I would I would hope they try and take control of tempo in that way. But I do think that, that points may be a premium in this one, that's for sure. And a- A&M really can struggle on offense too. Um, so we may see kind of a, a low-scoring slugfest. But
0: yeah, Missouri's sixth in the SEC in tempo on offense this year. So And we, we saw it against, like, Arkansas. They yeah. wanted to push the pace and get out in transition. We've seen that in every yeah. pretty much every game this season, I especially off of misses.
1: I think they've been a lot better when they're playing up, up in uh, – playing quickly mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're going to turn the ball over no matter what I feel like I just think that's, that's something they're just going to they've, they've shown the last few years they're prone to turn the ball over um, might as well try and get more possessions in
0: so a few uh, factors that we always like to take a look at uh, with Missouri's opponents um, I'm trying to figure out uh, Texas A&M's defense they're kind of strange in that they have a lot of high spots and low spots so they, teams shoot really well against them. Their effective field goal percentage is you know, near 250 in the country uh, as far as their defense. But they're the 14th best at causing turnovers. So that's not something we like to see uh, from a Missouri opponent. They um, also don't send teams to the foul, to the free throw line very much. Um, and they, they do generate a lot of steals. So... That's uh, that's a, an area that kind of troubles me and just reinforces the idea in my mind that this is going to be an ugly defensive struggle. Um, and I don't know. I, I am scared of what this might mean for Missouri's turnover numbers.
1: Yeah, if Missouri's going to figure out how to shoot the three ball, this might be a good game to do that in because I don't think they're going to get to the line much. It's um, not as much as, they, as they'd like to be. So um, Mark Smith, if you're listening, uh, we would love you to – Uh, do one of your famous five or six point here five or six three point uh, makes in this game please
0: speaking of not being able to get to the free throw line um, drew smith he has struggled a little bit especially in that area Um, in three sec games he is two for two from the free throw line he's only attempted two free throws and uh i don't really know what's going on there he was two for two against tennessee and then hasn't shot a free throw in the last two games against arkansas and mississippi state
1: yeah i think last year he really had to kind of take over games sometimes and had to be the one to score inside and i i hope this trend continues but we've been getting the ball to tillman a lot more on the inside and i think that's kind of alleviated drew smith having to create his own shot inside which he can do but i'm not i, I think getting the ball and kind of running the offense through tillman is um, is has been much better For the offense, but I think that has kind of limited opportunities for Drew to get in the lane and get fouled. But I would I would really like to see Drew be more assertive on offense and and try and get to the line Um, because that's just free points whenever he's getting fouled.
0: Yeah, it's definitely turned into sort of the uh, Penson Tillman show at times, which that's great when it's when it's working. It has been fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, It's uh, man, it makes it even more confusing. The what happened in the second half of the Mississippi State game because that combination was seemed effortless. I mean, they were scoring at will at times in that one, so it just is even more head-scratching that it all came to a halt there after I, halftime. I hate
1: that that was the last game that we've seen them play because just such a strange taste in our mouths, and then we don't get to see them play for like two weeks. <laughs> it's painful.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm just looking over uh, Texas A&M's advanced metrics here they they are actually the only team in the SEC that in SEC play has turned the ball over more than Missouri really yeah and quite a bit more they're they're 14th by a lot and they're also 13th in effective field goal percentage offense and their overall offensive efficiency is considerably worse than Missouri's for only being for Missouri only being one spot ahead of them They've just really struggled to put it in the basket mm-hmm. during
1: uh, conference play. Yeah. Um, Missouri really needs to bounce back in this one, like, big time. Um, just coming off that really strange and terrible second half at Mississippi State, playing against a team that's not even in the, in the top 100 of Ken Palm, a team that can't score. Uh, but I'm, I'm worried about this matchup. I'm, I'm worried about how they match up against AM, kind of like you said, I, I I'm just I'm worried about the turnovers. I'm worried about not getting to the line and I'm worried about just the lack of possessions in this game. I think could just if if we hit a dry spell, it could be really ugly. Um I hate to do this, but I think Mizzou's gonna lose this game on the road against A&M. I, this is like, like Mississippi State, A and M has kind of been a house of horrors for Mizzou uh, historically in the last you know, in the SEC at least, and uh, I I think think Texas A&M squeaks out a close one, uh, 65-63. That would not be good. That would be bad.
0: You had Missouri beating LSU at home. Yeah. Man, I cannot bring myself to predict a loss in this game. I think Missouri – We'll get it together. I think they will have learned, I hope and pray, they have learned something from that second half of Mississippi State. And even though they're playing, you know, a maroon and white Adidas school again, you know, I, mean, I, I hope that that doesn't just give them flashbacks and like, uh,
1: yeah, are we in Starkville? Or? Yeah, I hope they're just excited to be playing again and, and are just feeling good and feeling that chemistry that, we, that we've seen. And I, I hope they're just – they're excited and they're energized.
0: I'm looking back at um, – Texas A&M's win against Auburn. It was a two-point win. And Auburn was the home team in that game. That was at the beginning of conference play when, like, every uh, home team was losing. And Auburn went to the free throw line nine times in that game. And they turned the ball over on a quarter of their possessions. Hmm.
1: (laughs) That's frustrating to watch. Yeah. (laughs)
0: And Texas A&M only went to the line 11 times, and they turned the ball over on 27% of their possessions. So, <laughs> I, c- I mean, that's like – that has the makings of a make-your-eyes-bleed game.
1: Got to have a five-steal game for Drew Smith here. Yeah,
0: I mean, it seems like there'll be steals to go around. Yeah. Steals to be had in this one.
1: Well, I mean, that maybe have to how they have to score is in, tr- is in transition in this game because trying to run the offensive set – against this against Am I don't know.
0: I'm gonna say um, okay, here's another interesting stat. Uh, Texas A and M their two most recent games. obviously they play Mississippi State tonight so can't factor that in. but against South Carolina and Tennessee, the Texas AM scored a whopping 54 points in each of those games. So obviously that will lead your metrics to be completely in the hole. Um, I'm going to say Missouri wins this one 71 to 64. They got to bounce back.
1: I feel like Savion Flags of a Mizzou killer, man.
0: It does seem like that, doesn't it? Yeah. I was trying to look back. He he hasn't never, like, unless I have to go back several years, he has never, like, blown up. Right. But he's had, just a, couple pesky. Of, yeah, he's had a couple of those clutch plays in um, games that Mizzou should have won. Mm-hmm. And then Texas a and just kind of. Uh, snuck out with a win and I feel like he had like a block and then a fast break layup on, on one in one of those games that kind of iced it yeah, yeah he's, he's got that he's
1: got that little runner in the lane he's he's good at that
0: and he's been at Texas A&M for eight years you yeah. know he's a senior so just like
1: it's pulling a Larry Roundtree <laughs> yeah, exactly pulling a Kevin a Jordan Geist yeah <laughs> it's like
0: pestering everyone for a long time um but I think Missouri can pull this one off I think they really need to yeah they um do. They missed an opportunity to get one or two wins um, due to COVID. Hopefully, we get those back later. Um, I need to look. I didn't really look at Missouri's following game to see when it – they do play again on Tuesday uh, against South Carolina, another team that's kind of been on the rise lately. Yeah. Um, Better uh, get
1: that game in before South Carolina has COVID issues again. Right, exactly.
0: (laughs) Um, But – yeah, South Carolina only only played five games this season. One of those was a win against Texas A&M. So I don't know what kind of analysis you could possibly do with South Carolina. I mean, actually, they did pl- they do have a, a mutual opponent with Missouri. Uh, they beat Liberty a little bit easier than uh, Missouri did. They won that one 78-62, so they at least put up more points. Um, I think this is a slightly different style of team from uh, Frank Martin that we then we're used to seeing they're still really good on defense um, but they just haven't played enough games to know what they really are as a team so I it'll think be they're hard. still
1: gonna play that pesky defense where they just foul you constantly and the refs can't call a foul every <laughs> single like play so yeah. they just don't
0: I mean that's like the worst thing <laughs> in basketball to me so I just hope that we don't have to deal with that uh, that's unbearable to watch.
1: Yeah. Well, if they are like that, hopefully the refs are, are calling it. Yeah. I don't mind if a team does that.
0: Just you just got to call the fouls. Yeah. And that's the the problem is that refs just. I don't are, care how ugly they the really game,
1: do it. I don't care how ugly the game is. When whenever, whenever we're rooting for a team that needs to get to the free throw line to win close games, especially yeah. like I don't care if yeah. if it's ugly. Their whatever. wins aren't going to be pretty. If I, that's how they need to win, I just want to win. Gonna be pretty. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. South Carolina plays LSU on Saturday, so maybe keep an eye on that one if you want to learn a little bit more about them. Uh, Their their last game was on January 6th, so they've had a little layoff just like Missouri did. Um, So I'm predicting a win against Texas A&M. I'm going to – I don't know. You can't predict really against South Carolina, but I'm going to say they win that one too, something like 73-68. to That's almost probably exactly what I picked. No, I, it's a little higher scoring then.
1: Yeah, I think the offense is going to come out for this one more so than the AM game. I think Mizzou wins eighty-two to seventy-four. High scoring, <sighs> high scoring affair. Okay,
0: so, uh, <laughs> that's going out on a little limb. I think maybe we may have to we have to return to that pick. Okay. Uh, I just hope we get two wins. We need them
1: teams that missouri should be beating at home or away
0: yeah but yeah south carolina is number 59 in kim pom but their rating is going to fluctuate wildly because they just haven't played very many games
1: Mm
0: -hmm. all right quick episode yeah well Well, that's what happens when you are missing two games that should (laughs) have happened yeah
1: yeah that all you got for them this week that's what i got for the folks all right um, all right. Well, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Missouri Sports Pod. You can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com.
2: You can find our T-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank
0: you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.